Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about the movie The Breakfast Club. This is the second recording in a row where we got on our Zoom call and we're wearing the same color. And it's not like it's white or gray or yeah. something normal. The first time it was the first time was green on neon coral. Yeah. It was which like is a an- color that neither one of us even wear. And it was the only article of clothing I own in that color. This Same. one had, now today it's a burgundy, which is a higher probability. I love burgundy. So I do have more burgundy clothes, but literally it's ex- the exact same color too. It's like really not- strange. Maybe this is our new thing. Yeah. We're going to match recordings by accident. I, I still think one day we should play that game, that got it game and see if we can read each other's minds. Cause I bet we would be very good at it. It happens to me all the time. Though, to be fair, it happens with other people too, not just you, but mm-hmm. where I won't look at my phone for maybe 45 minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. and then I pick it up out of nowhere and someone has just texted me one minute before. It happens like almost every day. It's that sense thing that we talked about. The hanger thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. As we refer to it now, the hanger, the hanger theory. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. The hanger theory. Speaking of hanger theories... I had a photo, my iPhone storage got full and it was having me go through quote, large attachments Mm -hmm. and deleting them. And one of the photos in there was of a hanger, like a, you don't remember why bluish velvet hanger. And all I could think to myself is I have no idea what this is or why it's in my phone, but I know it had to have come from you. Okay. Well, it did come from me and it was because (laughs) we were talking about colors and it was a color that we were sort of talking about and that I liked. And that my hangers were the color we were talking about. (laughs) And so I sent you a picture of my hanger. (laughs) Right before we started recording, you said something like, let me pull up my notes. And I said, ooh, so I'm interested to know what's on your notes. Because I actually have a few too, and I don't always have notes. I don't always have notes either, but for some reason, despite me really liking The Breakfast Club, I foresaw me not being able to articulate what it is I like and moments that I enjoy and why I've seen it so many times. So I was trying to really go through the thought process as I was watching it and writing stuff down. It was not to much success. I stopped halfway through and never really wrote anything else down. But then I took some just logistical notes, like why they're all in detention and some trivia stuff. Did you end up coming across a trivia piece that had to do with that? Because I saw one on IMDb. Yeah. The scene where all the characters say why they're in detention wasn't scripted. It was ad lib. John Hughes, John Hughes encouraged a lot of improvisation on his movies, but in this one in particular, there is a lot of improv and the characters ad libbed why they were in detention, which blows my mind. I, I could not believe that those were the most powerful scenes of the whole thing. Yeah. And what's crazy is the coincidence of when I looked up that fact, because I was watching and when Emilio Estevez is is saying why he's in detention about what he did to the kid for his father, I was captivated. I was I've seen this a bunch of times, 
but I was really paying attention and I was thinking, wow, this is in- incredible acting and incredible. I was thinking about how he memorized it. What was the process like? And then right after that scene, I was looking up some facts and I saw that and I was like, he made that up. So I'm, I'm sitting in the locker room and I'm taping up my knee and Larry's undressing a couple lockers down from me. And he's kind of, he's kind of skinny, weak. And I started thinking about my father and his attitude about, about weakness. And the next thing I knew, I, I jumped on top of him and, and started wailing on him. And my friends, they just laughed and cheered me on. And afterwards, when I was sitting in, in, in Vernon's office, all I could think about was Larry's father and Larry having to go home and, and explain what happened. And the humiliation, fucking humiliation he must have felt. I I was thinking almost the same thing. I was thinking this scene is so emotional and so well delivered. And I wonder how many times they had to shoot it. But if he ad-libbed it, I almost... I'm sure it was the first time. I bet it was... (laughs) I bet if it was the first... If it was not the first time, it was like the second. I can't can't wrap my mind around that. And then that Anthony Michael Hall said the thing with the gun. And they went through like a pretty long, serious conversation about it. And then he says it's a flare gun. And they laugh. All of that was improvised and even that Ali Sheedy comes up with that she didn't need to be there that she would just show up because she had nothing better to do that is such a deep deep understanding of who each of them are it's very cool did Molly and Judd say why they were there I yeah they don't say it in that scene but we do Uh-oh. know why he pulls the Mr. Vernon tells everybody that Bender's there because he pulled the fire alarm that's right. And Molly Ring and uh, Claire's there because she skipped class to go shopping. Her father. Says oh, that's her, right. Her father okay. says it to her in the car when she when she because she's like, it's not like I'm a detective or anything. I'll make it up to you. Honey, ditching class to go shopping doesn't make you a defective. Have a good day. Being an overdramatic queen in the car and he's just like, could you get out and go to the detention, please? <laughs> One of my favorite things that I read was that it was shot in sequence. That's very rare that a movie would do that because it's hard logistically to do. I guess it's easier for something like this where it all kind of takes place in the same set and an area. If there was multiple locations, I would imagine they probably wouldn't be able to do that. But mm. being that it was all at the school. I wonder if that's what helped them with that ad lib scene where they tell who, what, why they're in being that it had so much time had already gone by. 
they were understanding their characters more and more as they sh- as they went through the scenes because that's a pretty late scene. They also rehearsed like a play. They ran through it a couple of times in rehearsal as if it was a play. And then so I wonder it. what they said during those rehearsals. I know what they might have done in rehearsal is maybe John Hughes said to them, I want you to think about it and make it up like I you you guys are going to come up with the reason. And then they maybe they even skipped it when they were rehearsing like they didn't do that scene because I can't imagine that they came up with that in rehearsal and then recreated it for film. It's, it had to have been that. I saw on the IMDb trivia mm-hmm. that they improved a lot of stuff. One yeah. of the other lines was, what do you need a fake ID for? So I can vote. That's my favorite line in the movie, I think. <laughs> so I can vote. He's like, duh. Why wouldn't, what else would I have a fake for? Another thing I thought was cool is that John Hughes wrote it in two days. Well, I over read July the, 4th weekend. I read that and. Part of me is like, that's cool. And part of me is like, he constantly does that. He wrote Home Alone in an afternoon. He's oh, really? Yeah. He's very known for that, I guess. Just pours out of him when he has an idea for a script. I thought Breakfast Club is so many levels above 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. Mm -hmm. All they all came out in within a few years of each other. Mm -hmm. It almost seemed like it wasn't even written by the same person i know did he not he did write all of them right yeah there's so much of breakfast club that feels relevant today i would say probably 90 percent of it when i i haven't seen this in quite a long time and watching it took me back to exactly the first time i saw it and what it really feels like to be in high school this is such a good it captures the emotional resonance of being a kid so well. And it's even more impressive that it does that because they're not actually at school. They're just. And in... most of the three of them are not even kids. <laughs> right. Joe Nelson was 25. But that they're not even in a, I mean, they're in a school literally, but they're not at school. It's just, it's just in the it's just the five of them in a room was that library a set or was it the set they built it in the gymnasium because for some reason the school they were shooting in didn't have a library or i guess if they did it wasn't as big as he wanted and, and envisioned for them didn't they also build the set from home alone in a gymnasium I think so. They definitely built that set. If it wasn't in a gym, it was somewhere it was built. I wish that my school had had that library. Libraries in in TV shows and movies at high schools are always so much. Actually, you know what? The library at my school was pretty big. It had multiple levels like theirs does. I don't remember mine. You don't? No, weirdly. And I had and I went to two different high schools because we switched they were oh, building a right. new high school, so I went to yeah. two and one and two and the other. I don't remember either one of them. Really? It's bizarre. I also remember the rest of the school very, very vividly, too. I, re- I remember mine quite well, and it re- and it was huge. It had multiple levels like theirs does, and and there were three computer labs in the, on the sides as well. So there were multiple rooms in the library, too. Another interesting thing. That Judd Nelson stayed in character off screen. Yeah, I read that. And that he was nearly fired for antagonizing Molly Ringwald. He was scary when he was being a bully. He was scary. I didn't know that 
they had a falling out with John Hughes. Did Who's you know they that? all of them? Judd and Molly separately. Really? I did not know that. After this movie? It doesn't say specifically, but it says Hughes stated he would never work with Nelson again. Ooh. And then he and Molly had a falling out in the late late 80s after she decided to move on from the teen film genre to pursue more adult roles, thus severing her relationship with him. What the? I think he, he, I don't know why, because I don't know anything about John Hughes, (laughs) Uh but- For some reason, it doesn't surprise me that when they moved on, he couldn't handle it. It's funny you say that because as you were speaking, I had a feeling that was what you were going to say. And I agree (laughs) without having, again, no knowledge of what John Hughes was actually like. Oh, another very important thing to note is that when we did our Brat Pack episode, Mm -hmm. I very confidently talked about how uh, Bender's dangly earring didn't bother me as much as Rob Lowe's in St. Elmo's Saint Fire. Uh-huh. And he didn't have a dangly earring. <laughs> it didn't exist. You invented a dangly earring for him. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I don't know if this is a me thing or what, but every time in a TV show or a movie where someone can put their earrings in without looking, I'm always fascinated by that because I cannot do that. I cannot. What do you mean without looking? You look like, in a mirror? Like, yes. Oh. I, I cannot yeah, I get it. I, maybe. I mean, I think my, the holes in my ears are, are off. They're not even and they're in a weird place. So that probably doesn't help, but I can never get earrings in without having to look in the mirror at where the hole is. How many hands do you use when you put an earring in? One. That's probably why. Yeah. I use both hands. Oh, really? I've been putting earrings in in a very long time because the ones that are in my ears. That's why you, that's probably why you need to look in the mirror. Because I don't do it a lot. Because you're putting, no, well, no, (laughs) because you're putting it in with one hand. (laughs) Well, There's like nothing to help you. If you're holding, if you're holding your ear with one hand, Uh you can feel where the hole is. And then you just put the earring there. If you're only using one hand, you're going in blindly. That's why you need a mirror. Maybe I do use two hands. Now I can't think of how I do it. All I know is, is that I have tried to do it without looking in the mirror and cannot do it. So it's a me thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, was I don't know if it's a just you thing. I'm sure there are other people. <laughs> but I was impressed by his ability to stick her earring in his ear without <laughs> without assistance is what I'm is the point I'm making. <laughs> do you need do you look in a mirror when you put contacts in? Of course. I don't. I have to. <laughs> I'm Are like, you? What's happening? I am, well, that I definitely use two hands for. Uh, and I have to, in fact, I get very close to the mirror as well. I just hold my eye open and put the contact in. No, I have to look in the mirror. Do you look in the mirror when you blow your nose? No. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> what are other things you would look in the mirror for? Do you look in the mirror when you floss your teeth? Yes. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hold the phone. (laughs) You don't, you look in the mirror when you floss your teeth. You don't look in the mirror when you floss your teeth? Alexa, what is going on? Wait a minute. But you floss, where are you flossing your teeth? In the bathroom. Wherever I am. No, just wherever I am. I floss my teeth solely in the bathroom. 
even if I'm in the bathroom, I'm not looking in the mirror. I always look in the mirror. I'm sitting on the side of the tub. I'm sitting on the toilet, like the the closed toilet. Sometimes while I'm peeing. I'm I'm not looking in the mirror. A hundred percent of the time I'm looking in the mirror. That is, I don't, I, we need to put a poll up. Yeah, we do. We do. Because I'm all of those things. Yeah. I am dying to know what other people do. I think the, I'm definitely weird on the earrings thing. Maybe on the context thing. I would bet I'm not weird on the flossing. I bet people need a mirror to floss your teeth. No, like if I was, if I had something stuck in my teeth and someone gave me floss, I could do it without a mirror. But let's say you had, you lived in a really huge house (laughs) and in your bathroom, you had a seating area. Would you sit in the seating area to floss your teeth or would you stand in front of the mirror? I would stand in front of the mirror. That is wild to me. Why? For what? To see, to see what, to see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see what to see to make sure that I'm getting all the teeth and that uh, if there's something you can't still feel that you're getting the no, teeth. But, no but like sometimes you you can see something stuck up there but you can't feel it or you have more plaque up there that you have to get so I want to be able to see which teeth I need to co- go back and redo I don't know man maybe I'm maybe I'm the weird one uh, listen I, don't know. I could definitely be the weird one who knows but I listen it's not going to stop it I'm going to keep using the mirror for all three well, activities you do you baby <laughs> All three activities. I'm still using the mirror. Back to the breakfast club. (laughs) I have a couple more facts. Um, Judd Nelson improvised the final shot, putting his hand in the air. How cool is that? That Everything that's cool about this movie was improvised. Yeah. John Hughes could barely take any credit. He basically came up with the idea and let them do what they wanted. Because I'm sure that there was even more improv that we really don't know that wasn't as famous. Little lines, little retorts or anything like that. Jokes. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that's in there that wasn't in the script. I'd love to see a, a copy of the script to see what was really written in there. We could find it. Pretty yeah, we could. Every script is online, right? And then this is another fact that I found hysterical. Rick Moranis was supposed to play the janitor and they fired him because he insisted on using a Russian accent. <laughs> he would. How ridiculous is that? He wanted to use a Russian accent so bad. He refused to stop doing it and they fired him. Oh my gosh. I was wondering if, if Ali ate the sandwich with the pixie sticks and cereal in it. And it says she did. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite things is the subtlety of how they all, cause it, they all, the four of them start out kind of against Bender he seems like the rogue one and they don't really not against, but they don't want to deal with him very much. And I like the subtlety of the storytelling of how they all sort of come around to liking him. And the first moment that I realized is when he closes the door and they all cover for him. Yeah. Even after he put his face in between Claire's legs. No, I think that's later. That's when he sneaks back into the room. Oh, after. oh, when he, this is when he closes the screw the, fell out. Yes. And says yeah. the screw fell out. And then they all double down. And in fact, Claire antagonizes Mr. Vernon and is like, excuse me, sir. Why would anybody want to steal a screw? Watch it. Yo. So not only are they covering for him, but she's like arguing with Mr. Vernon about the door. And Andrew, who seems to really dislike Bender, is sticks by it and is like, screws fall out. It's not a big deal. 
<laughs> we it just closed. It's like no matter how much they didn't like each other at first, they had to unite against that yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah. Was exactly. he the principal? I can't remember. Was he the principal th- or just think, a teacher, right? I think he was just a teacher. I don't mean like just a teacher. <laughs> I think he's a teacher. He I don't think he was the principal. I don't think they would have the principal monitoring Saturday detention. He's probably oh, like, yeah. He's probably like yeah. the English teacher or something. I thought it was cool how Andrew stood up for Claire. Like Yeah. So many times when a guy is being a dick, the other guys just don't say anything. Yeah. And I think it had something to do with that they were sort of on the same level going in, Andrew and Claire. They're of the same kind of group of friends, but she's a girl and he's a guy. So they were close. They were probably closest going in. I wonder too, if part of it had to do with his sort of revelation of why he was there in the first place, like for being a bully and that maybe he wanted to sort of balance that and not be that way anymore. Yeah, definitely. I thought Anthony Michael Hall was so, so good. He's a, he's a great actor. He's adorable. Like I, I really love when after they're, when they're all having this serious conversation and sitting in on the floor and he asks them if what's going to happen when we go to school and he tells them that. And I assume Alice and I are better people than you guys, huh? Us weirdos. Would you do do that to me? I don't have any friends. Well, if you did. No. I don't think the kind of friends I'd have would mind. I just want to tell each of you that I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't and I will not. Because I think that's real shitty. That was really sweet. Yeah. Although what Claire says after that does. Yeah, it is true. You want the truth? Yeah, I want the truth. I don't think so. With all of us or just John? With all of you. That's a real nice attitude, Claire. Oh, be honest, Andy. If Brian came walking up to you in the hall on Monday... What would you do? I mean, picture this. You're there with all the sports. I know exactly what you'd do. You'd say hi to him, and when he left, you'd cut him all up so your friends wouldn't think that you really liked him. It sucks, it is, but yeah, it's true. It does suck because she's right. I was thinking about that earlier this morning, unrelated to this, mm-hmm. about there are certain groups that tend to be the, quote, popular ones in pretty much every school. Like they're Mm -hmm. usually similar no matter what school it is. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how it seems like that has shifted a little bit since I was in high school and maybe even since you were, I don't know if it's true, but it seems to me like the cool kids now are more like the open-minded kids who understand sexuality and gender and politics and that kind of stuff. That is very true. Don't you think? I I hope. I think that that is true. I mean, I don't have any connection. Or maybe it's just that they're the cool kids in my eyes. I don't know. They're the cool kids on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, now that you say that, I guess we can think about the people like 
the those other TikTokers like Addison Ray and all those kids yeah who probably are the the more typical like quote cool kids yeah and I guess they probably are the same cool, considered yeah. popular yeah in the scene where they're smoking and Claire is talking about how basically how popular she is and how everybody at the school loves her yeah and all that yeah I was thinking about how that's so often the kids who are really, really popular and are worshipped in school are the ones who have the most trouble moving on from it. Yeah. Do you think Claire is like that? Or do you think she is one that will change? I think she's one that will change. I think she is too. I think maybe before that day, she would have gone down a different path. Yeah. I think that day probably planted the seeds for something a different direction. That's what I love in that scene when Brian says she's conceited. Your friends wouldn't mind because they look up to us. You're so conceited, Glenn. You're so conceited. You're so, like full of yourself. Why are you like that? I'm not saying that to be conceited. I hate it. I hate having to go along with everything my friends say. Then why do you do it? I think it probably meant more from him saying it too. Cause he just like, he can't because he doesn't say it to hurt her. Like he doesn't no, say it as an insult. He's, it's he's more of an like, observation. He's just like, Jesus, reaction. Claire, you are so conceited. Like, don't you hear what you're saying? At, <laughs> what you're saying is not cool. <laughs> you need to rein that in. And he really means it. Cause he almost doesn't want to say it. He is like forced to say it. He's he just can't believe what he's what she's saying. You know what part I I don't like very much for some reason when Andrew does the dance and breaks the glass. <laughs> there's something about it that I just don't like it. Did you read that John said that was the one thing about the movie he regretted doing? Really? No, I yeah. didn't. It was he or he said there was the one decision yeah, something like that. I just thought it was silly. Yeah. I, I didn't really get it. I could have done without the whole dancing thing in well, general. But yeah. Well, I think that that's actually pre the dancing. That's when that's the the breaking the glass thing happens right after they're smoking before the conversation they have on the floor. And then the dancing is. At, yes. I don't know why they're like one in the same in my head. I love, I know it's such an iconic shot, but when they're running around trying to get back to the library after Mr. Vernon is walking the halls and they, and they all like slide over one another. I know it's one of the most famous shots, but it is so good. Just the choreography of them all like falling over one another. Yeah. As they're running. You know what I noticed in that scene that I, never noticed in all the times I watched it is that when Mr. Vernon finally finds Bender in the, when he's in in the the gym, gym. he's wearing a sneaker. Who is? Bender. (laughs) He had, he kicked off his boot and put on one sneaker. (laughs) I didn't know that. What's your favorite part or favorite line or favorite scene? I actually think it's when Bender is, sort of bullying Claire and 
but I, that's not my favorite, but the Brian in the background is listing what clubs he's a part of. <laughs> it's funny you say that because my favorite section is when they're at, they're still sitting at the tables. I like that. Like the beginning, basically, when they're all still sitting at the tables and before lunch, when they're all falling asleep and they all raise their hand to go to the bathroom and 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 the beginnings of when they all start talking to each other. That's I think my that's definitely the part I enjoy the most. I really like seeing their lunches, too. Yes. Andrews is so funny. The way he takes the comedic timing of him taking all of the stuff out of that giant bag. It's like Mary Poppins. It is because it does seem endless. It seems like so much stuff fit into that bag. And then he's like still like keeps looking in and there's still more stuff coming out. A full size <laughs> bag of chips, a, a, a huge bag of cookies that had to it has to be two pounds of cookies. Yeah. And then a banana, an apple, like four <laughs> sandwiches. It's just it's really great. I was wondering to myself, how many hours has Claire's sushi been out? Yeah, I know. How gross, right? It was supposed to be something else. I read it, but I don't have it written down. It was not going to be sushi initially, but then it, he changed it to sushi. I guess it felt the most like pretentious princess to everybody. With her glass jar of soy, of sauce. soy sauce. Not like the kind of glass you buy in the store. When you have to <laughs> decant the soy sauce into it. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't you think it was a little cringy that Claire and Bender kiss in front of her parents. Yes. I also forgot that that like I knew they kissed out there, but I didn't know that that was like the kiss. I thought I thought they kissed in the closet, but they don't. I forgot that it was outside in front of her parents and that her father would just I don't know. It's weird. And when she walks up to the car after that to get in, uh-huh. if I remember correctly, like her, her mom is in the passenger seat mm-hmm. and I don't even think her mom looks over at her as she's getting in the car. I think she's just looking straight forward. So strange. I also think it's weird. Her jacket that she's wearing the big le- brown leather jacket that she has on. Doesn't it was se- very of the times. I know, but it doesn't, does it seem like something she would wear? It seemed like it wasn't the popular girl thing to wear, was it? Or yeah, I-, I think like Cindy Lauper and all them were wearing mm. big oversized leather jackets mm. with pink dresses mm. and bows and I guess that's a part yeah. of 80s fashion I didn't I don't really see anywhere else so I didn't <laughs> know it was in vogue. I think speaking of something being in vogue, I think even Madonna did that. When I was a kid, I thought she was singing phone. Really? <laughs> Not that that makes any sense at all, but I just didn't know. I had never heard the word Vogue. I didn't know. Like I did, just didn't know. I yeah. thought she was saying phone. <laughs> That's so cute. I also thought this is pretty crazy, uh-huh. but grandma, when I was a, a pretty young kid, mm-hmm. grandma bought me this white cube shaped alarm clock radio. Okay. And I remember being a little kid standing in my room, listening to music on that radio and thinking there was a little teeny tiny band inside of the radio playing the songs. Oh my God. That is so cute. How young would I have had to be to think that? 
Six. Or was it just, or was it just imagination? Like maybe, I mean, it's definitely, maybe I didn't know. Yeah. Maybe you didn't like really genuinely think it, but you were just imagining a tiny little band in there. (laughs) I think you probably had to be young though. Six or seven, maybe at the most. I couldn't have been older than that because the severity with which I would have had to change if I was like 10, when I was thinking that compared to what I was like when I was 13, like there's, there's no way that that amount of ground gets covered. (laughs) It's so interesting that grandma bought you. That does not seem like a grandma gift. Really? Yeah. I don't know why an alarm clock doesn't sound like something grandma would buy. I always got the most off weirdly off gifts from grandma. When you were little and grandma used to ask you what you wanted for Christmas, did you tell her? I don't remember. When I was really little, I don't think so. I I told her. Oh, see, I don't think I did. I remember getting the CDs that I wanted, DVDs that oh. I wanted, stuff like that. Yeah, I never could think. They like give me a list. Oh yeah, I didn't. Of course, as I got a little bit older, I would say like you don't have like don't get me anything, you mm-hmm. know like. Of course. But but when I was a young, you know, like older kid, younger teen. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I want this movie, this CD, like a gift certificate to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think I did that. (laughs) And that's why I got weird gifts. (laughs) I have one to blame on myself. All right. I think that's all I have. Oh, I do have one more little fact. The, The iconic song, Don't You Forget About Me, was written for the movie and it was the band's only hit. Stop. I didn't know that. Yeah. Simple Minds only hit and it was written for the movie. How cool. Right? It It's amazing how how far that surpassed the movie. Oh, that- yeah. Yes. That's one of the most iconic movie songs ever. Ever. Probably that. Be, I would say top five. I think it's got to be. Probably that. And oh, wait. Unchained Melody wasn't written for Ghost, right? I don't think so. One of the big songs in Dirty Dancing was written for the movie. But even songs not written for the movies. That's Ghost is one that is most iconic. Same thing with Dirty Dancing. Titanic, obviously. Titanic, obviously. Even the Risky Business song. We should do an episode on... Iconic songs? Songs from movies. Yeah. I want to put it on our list. You guys would not believe what we have on this list. (laughs) All righty. I think that does it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, we would much appreciate that. Till next time.